I am glad to have back a man who often holds and shows us his palms. So you can later on add the hashtag of your choice, Thomas Paine. We'll call him Thomas Paine, show, give, giving us some common sense. And it, it, it was, the reaction last time was just incredible. We talk about wetware and, oh my God, all of this fantastic stuff. So I'm so glad to, to talk to you again. And I thank you, sir. Lionel, it is an honor to get to talk with you, let alone be on your show. Thank you. And yes, I have palms. Tell us, let's pick up where we left off and something that I think, and I'm surprised, uh, Thomas, and by the way, I, I will put uh, all of your your bona fides and CV below so people can contact you and your wonderful site. Uh, but but I want to get right down to this. When people talk about 5G, they say, this is great. 5G, better reception, better beats 4G. It's 1G more. <laughs> great. Exactly. Without being unnecessarily crazed about this, what does it really mean, pray tell? Well, first off, when they say 5G, 5 gigahertz, that's kind of because they're trying to lie to you. They're trying to say, we're only going to go to 5 gigahertz. Your smart meter in your house, that's 2 gigahertz, 2.5 microwaves beaming through you that can be picked up from miles away. I mean, do they really need to make these broadcasters so powerful? But anyway, 5G is the fifth generation. So it doesn't just mean that they're taking the next step up. This is the hugest quantum leap that we have seen in wireless uh, digital technology, which is going to be so pervasive, it's completely absurd. For instance, there's 150,000 cell towers, right? They're now going to add 300,000 more. And these cell towers are going to be outside your house, Lionel. You'll be able to probably look from your house and see one wherever you're at in America. They will be beaming through you, not just microwaves, higher than microwaves. I've had, I, it's called millimeter, but I coined the phrase millawave, right? Microwave, millawave. So imagine a microwave at around two gigahertz. You start in with 5G and that's, you know, they're gonna be like, you know, two, four, six hertz, gigahertz. Oh no, 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 no. 200 gigahertz is what these are made for. This is talking about so pervasive that it can be sent from the platforms in space, from satellites, which Elon Musk, already has them, 17 of them operative in America doing experiments on cities using wireless from space. So this kind of 5G from space, it's, it's a quantum leap, not only in just the way that they broadcast it with these antennas, which are gonna be pervasive and basically harm people beyond your imagination, but what's really bad is that the technology that, it, that it's going to then engender. Because what we talked about before, Big Brother and the patent that can, has aggressive remote control of everything from planes and cars, even to human beings. They're gonna implant these and dogs and trees, everything you can imagine, so they can remote control, right? Well, once 5G is in place, oh, that was in the patent, Lionel. That was in the patent for this type of digital fascism. This digital totalitarianism was in this patent. So everyone who invents anything has to come under control of this patent, which is international and which actually controls Every element in our government is part of feeding into this system. So let's go back to square one. Now, somewhere, there's somebody who says, as we speak, I don't know what the hell that man just said. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that man just said. <laughs> now, let us start with this. 
these towers everywhere. You know, I don't know if you've seen this, but I love these. I don't know if they're cell towers or cell things. You see them on the side of the highway. But all of a sudden, there'll be these vines that are covered, nothing on along the concrete post, but up at the top of these things, there's all this vegetation. How did it get there? A point which has nothing to do with anything. But we see towers here and towers there. And I, as a trusting American, says, well, that's just how we get our phones so that one tower connects to the next. And I mean, come on, Thomas, you can't be a scaredy cat. We've got antennae everywhere. And I'm sitting here at home and I'm bathed in my Wi-Fi here, and I got a microwave over there, and I've got this over there. I mean, we from the time we are, why is this going to be any more of a problem? I mean, why? Why should I be, as we say in Hell's Kitchen, a scared? Why? Well, you don't have to be. There are remedies for it. And, you know, between you and I, you probably do some of them already. And I don't want to go into that because that's a whole other thing. Are you uh, talking that, uh, heroin again? Uh, per, basically, <laughs> uh, C60, built, uh, which was an idea that Buckminster Fuller arrived from studying the different waters in countries where people lived to be very old. And so he found that uh, Shungite was in it, and then he perfected that Shungite into C60. So yes, you can take C60. That'll absorb a lot of microwave and even millowave radiation. What is you, C60? What does that mean? That means carbon-60. There oh. are different forms of carbon. This carbon, carbon C60, C70, C80, C80 with hydrogen and oxygen all exist in space. But when the human being takes them, it creates longevity. They've done studies with animals that it increased their longevity and so on and so forth. So anyway, you could take that. That absorbs it. Or you could wear stainless steel on you, on your skin. That causes diffusion of electrostatic energy that's built up, which we would call stress or warmth or heat, the FCC only is concerned about whether or not these towers cook you. So once they start cooking you and, you know, the fumes start rising, they'll be concerned. But until then, they are not concerned. So there's people with electro-hypersensitivity. With 4G, with 3G, with 2G, with 1G, it started with electromagnetic frequencies. So as soon as you started beaming out, and literally, you said we have, you know how many waves we have? Separate individual heterodyned waves beaming through your one moment, about 70 billion. We don't have to be concerned if you're healthy, but if you're not healthy and this is you're sensitive to this, then people think you're crazy. But there hasn't been any longitudinal studies on phones. The ones that have been done show that they harm you. There, we show in our recent uh, citizens intelligence report on our site, aimfortruth.org, we show all the research, hundreds of pages of research that you could access to show that just being exposed to electromagnetic frequency is bad for some people. And especially these smart meters, that's what really kicked people off because they started being on microwave frequencies. But when we go to the next frequency, they're very short. They don't go far, they don't penetrate things. So we have to go to 5G. We have to go to what I call millowave. And when you get into a 100 gigahertz millowave, that is a weaponized wave. If that is focused, it'll burn through anything. I did this back in the 70s when microwave was a weapon at that time. So what it is now, they have zappers, they have antennas they can beam this stuff out with, and they can actually control you. They make you think you're on fire because these things make you feel you're on fire. Like, say you had a weak liver. 
you might feel like your liver was really acting up if you got hit, if you got too close to one of these uh, cell towers or even these new 5G. 5G was approved in 2016. It's already being tested in some cities. But at the same time, what they don't tell you, Lionel, is that the military has had full spectrum, including millowave, from satellites for a long time. And Eric Schmidt and Alphabet have already many launch platforms. They actually have patents on these that we've pulled the patents on and looked at. They actually have space routers and what they call super space servers. And these are on satellites. And so soon with the Elon Musk, he says it'll be 4,100 of these satellites. With Schmidt, he said he can just add 3,000 and then that'll be enough to cover the whole world. They're already doing this in China. They've been doing it experimentally in other countries in South Africa, so on and so forth. That's why Elon Musk is launching so many things into space. They're going to have that. So, if Speaking Trump, of which, whatever happened to SpaceX? What happened to it? It just blew up or didn't they? We, we never follow up. It was this... Um, yeah, yeah, it blew it up. Just, whatever happened, it just... It was one of these satellites and it was headed for South Africa. It was going to be one of the... It, he admits it. You see, when they get these, these fake Silicon Valley cardboard cutouts, when they get these tech boy kings to then talk in front of people and they show how stupid they are you can't really believe it but he and then they make big mistakes because they brag a lot so he came out and he was bragging about what he was doing what why that went up he was going to put one of that would have been his 18th satellite doing experimental work and that one particularly on south africa as i just mentioned and you'd say to yourself oh, wait, wait, wait there's not that many people have cell phones in south africa it isn't about cell phones <laughs> This is about beaming down a consistent wave of beyond microwave into millowave radiation that makes your skin into an antenna, if wish be, or can target certain areas in your body or can send certain things that they can send through your computer. Or, or, or better yet, <laughs> better yet, but when we get to the point, ultimately, when the Internet of Things, this wonderful... You know, I have a friend of mine who does this stuff where he's involved in um, this world called the, uh, he's kind of like a, a, a tech fellow. And he always speaks so highly of the Internet of Things. He, he, he always says, oh, isn't it wonderful? Because you see, Thomas, we're going to be able to have our, on our refrigerator this device. Because I say anything that says green or smart is neither. And we're going to have this thing where my refrigerator is connected. So when I take out that last quart of milk, I, or whatever I'm doing, I don't have to worry about it because it will immediately, by virtue, because it's on the IoT, the Internet of Things, it will call my local Amazon, whatever, to do this. And then my monitoring, my my, my electricity, so that the polar bears won't uh, uh, die. And we're all connected. And my car, in case somebody steals my car, it'll be on my thing. And it's this grand world of interconnectivity and we're all going to be like a part of an organic circuitry and life is going to be better and we'll be connected and I won't have to plug things in anymore and I don't need headphones. Well, you want to come along and you want to ruin it with all of your <laughs> sci-fi <laughs> like nonsense about oh. beaming stuff down. But what I'm worried about are two things. Number one, the aforementioned what you said, but the fact is that when we do something in this country, or, or the world for that matter, nobody sits back and says, is any of this 
good. Right. We, excuse me, Alphabet. Excuse me, who, Elon Musk. Who are you again? And you're doing things which could could foul up atmosphere and this. Nobody seems to ever ask, maybe because of the fluoridated water or we're just too tired. Or, But all of this is happening. And, and you pose these, my God, aim for the truth, aim for truth, rather, dot org. This will scare the hell out of you. There's no oversight. There's no, it may be fine. It, it, it may, I mean, I, it could be. But is there anybody in charge? And no. as you said something, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Larry and Sergey, these are from Central Casting. Let's get some strange dude. You, come here. Do you have an <laughs> accent? Yeah, perfect. Can you wear a turban? Just a, we get more diverse. You're going to be yeah. the face of Amazon. Really? Yes. Just mm-hmm. stand there. We'll give you a lot of money. Just do this. So there. So the question is, who's in charge? Who's watching this? And if something poses some type of potential catastrophic atmospheric threat to the world, well, who would be able to stop it? And is anybody watching it? First off, your characterization was so beautiful. Who wouldn't want this stuff? And then that's it. That's all the thinking. Nobody goes any deeper. And then you ask the question, who's in charge? Really, nobody is because it's individual greedy people. But is anybody in charge of innovation? Yes. Who controls the patent office? That would be the Department of Defense, DARPA, InQtel, and a company called Lidos. They do venture capital investment where they demand, they put out a, a demand or a request to have some crazy new thing, like you say, let's just invent something new. Something I can put on my head that, you know, I'll never have to answer my phone again. Well, they have that, it's already coming, it's glasses. And they have your phone, it just wraps around your hand, right? And then they have implants. And so this is already, this is when you become wet works. This is when the internet of things takes over not only the refrigerator in your house, but it takes over all your net bots. You have many net bots working for you now. When, remember the three times that the power grid has, has gone down in America? That was because of netbots through the Internet of Things. Now, the Internet of Things, all those netbots, are all active because they're wireless. And they all have a backdoor and a zero day. It's all these things we've described. Anything with a microprocessor has another microprocessor on it called the mechanical engine, if it's made by Intel, which it can be controlled from a distance, remote distance, remote control. And that's what... The, the Big Brother patent that I brought you last time called uh, PFN-TRAC, which we are now calling the Internet of Things, which really it is, it's a totalitarian system to try to bring everything into digital control through aggressive remote control. This isn't about surveillance anymore. This is about ro- aggressive remote control. It's right in the patent. 5G, it absorbs 5G. So everyone who has a patent concerning 5G, they've already said that they're going to do this to everyone. They laid it out in the biggest patent we've ever seen. Bill Clinton is mentioned in there. A definition of digital fascism is in there. A total, complete description of what we would call Soviet totalitarianism, but through the digital realm and non-national. Non-national. So what is really going on? This is a chance for human beings to wake up and to actually ask the questions you just asked. Who is controlling innovation? Does it always have to be weaponized first and then turned into open source so that when they turn it to open source, when Google got social media, that was the same time. 
that Facebook got social media. They got scalability to go from having 100 in their little group to billions if, if they wished. That invention was created by Leader Technologies. They invented what we call social media. They had the intellectual property, they had copyrights, they had a patent. They had the top patent lawyer in America defending them. At the moment that they got what they needed, a group called the IBM Eclipse Foundation, this is what we were talking about last time when we got cut off. And I said, the answer to all of this tech stuff, tech warlords, boom, gone tomorrow. Trump has to pay through the Miller Act, the real owners of social media that was What is the Miller Act? Uh, that's like if you say, hey, I did all this work for you, Mr. President, I'm going to give you this bill and you're going to pay it. And if he pays it, guess what? You never needed a contract. You never needed nothing. And by him paying it, he recognizes that you provided that service. So Leader Technology, for 17 years, through top lawyers and patent lawyers, and these are the people that we work with, innova- uh, called Americans, the number four, innovation. They have that timeline of indictable information that is so amazing. If you want to go after anybody who's a criminal cabal, part of the criminal cabal in Washington, D.C. right now, they are more than likely on that timeline, and everything you need to indict them is there. So what do we have going on? We work with them, and we figured out by accident that this thing called the QRS-11 or 14 can bring down any plane anywhere. It's called the uninterruptible autopilot. It can take over any plane and then you have to ask the question, oh, 911 and planes going down and all the deaths of Hillary Clinton, associates go down in plane, going down in cars, oh my, my, my. And then you realize, what, they have this in every device, every missile, every nuclear let missile me, has one? Yes. Let me give you a new one. Uh, imagine this the other day. Uh, um, we're doing a movie, and in my movie, there's this one character called Thomas, based <laughs> on you. And Thomas, in my movie, is talking to this young kind of upstart, this Tyro, this entry-level spook or whatever it is. And it was this week, and the scene is a bunch of uh, Republicans are on their way to Greenbrier on an Amtrak train. And Greenbrier was one of those COGs, uh, continuity of government sites. And they're going there for some kind of retreat. A lot of, a lot, whenever you have a lot of anybody in one place, think about it, a lot of Republicans on a train going to one place at one time and Memo Gate is coming up and the Democrats are mad, Deep State's upset, Intel State. So, going back to my movie, hypothetically, the older, the whatever seasoned person tells the upstart, you know what happened? What do you mean? We control everything. What? IOT. Trains. We have drones that fly over, by the way. Q, by the way, was referring somewhat to this. Drones. Did you notice how we had this dump truck came out, or a garbage truck came from somewhere? Did you ever see that one? Who parked right in the middle, stopped in the middle, never got out. The driver, of course, is killed. We can control everything. We, we had to time it. That was a son of a gun to slow down that train, which we control, to make sure this shows up. And damn it, the derailing didn't take place for whatever it's worth. But it sends a message. Now, what I just said, is that far-fetched at all, Thomas, do you think? Oh, that's not far-fetched at all. I, I haven't looked into that. I looked at one picture, and I could tell it was fake. Have you looked at the pictures of that thing? They, uh, I, I don't usually concern myself with small details, but you're right. A QRS-14 
could have certainly taken control of that car, which controls its throttle and its brake and its steering, and can turn it off. So it was approaching a train, but you know, how do you get the, you know, that's a conspiracy. I don't know. I'm in the conspiratorium. I could speculate. No, it's not a conspiracy theory. No, no. Also, why garbage trucks? Well, one of the things we like is anytime garbage trucks, dump trucks, commercial vehicles, there's all these little GPS locators to make sure we know where they're going for liability and insurance reasons. Now, whenever you have that, you've just turned over, not location, but control. Yes. And that's the thing which is interesting. And that's when we talked last time about this Internet of Things, this interconnectivity of everything. And then we, being human beings, will have something in us, on us, that does not necessarily need to be implanted because we, after all, are a silicon chip surrounded by carbon and water where everybody, every car, every person, every vehicle, Everybody now is on this grid, for lack of a better word. So whenever there's any kind of a of, a, of an interesting or a, a very opportunistic type of accident, it's not beyond the realm of possibility to at least look there and say, is this at all possible? All GOP, what if all of them, God forbid, but if I could have snapped, basically removed a large faction of the opposition. Do I? Have to, I mean, I, you don't need to be John Le Carre to figure out this one. I'm just saying. No, I think you. I haven't looked at it. I looked at just a couple of pictures, but the pictures of them carrying the body—that was so weird. But anyway, the the train. Obviously, yes, you're right. Big dump truck trying to take the train off the track to take out some opponents. Yeah, uh, look who was on the train. I mean. These things happen all the time. Let I me go back all to all kinds of instances. Last time we talked about this, wetware, the ability not only to, to affect dopamine levels, anger, emotion, but muscular control. If I said, Thomas, yeah, I want you to have the, uh, the fellow in this train hit that throttle. It's kind of a version of the dead man switch. Why? I just want you to do this right about now. <laughs> Theoretically, exactly. if we're a part of this is not far-fetched. Oh, no, no, no. It's It happens. Let me just explain what happens. The Department of Defense, through the National Defense Authorization Act, during Obama's time, allowed complete surveillance of all Americans within domestic borders and the activity for the first time in history of the Department of Defense acting in America because of cyber warfare, which considers all of us to be, in fact, terrorists until proven otherwise on, in the cyber world, Right. So this is necessary in their minds, right? But what they actually have done is they did exactly what you said. They didn't have to implant anybody. Everyone willingly takes their smartphone with them and they think they control the technology of the Internet of Things. They must be out their minds because the Internet of Things was already three times the culprit of taking our electrical system down as well as computer systems the entire proving to the NSA, oh, you can surveil all you want at your 11 entry points on the East Coast. But guess what? We can take them down by toaster bots. OK, this is no exaggeration. That is what was proven. So you're not making up anything. And they have a thing called the Global Engagement Center. Remember when Trump put his hand on that globe in Saudi Arabia? That's their Global Engagement Center. It's a war room against terrorism, but it's completely digitized. It's 
basically a monitoring of everything moving connected to their satellites. Now, mind you, there are satellites that can tag you. And whether you go in or out of a building, they know where you are at all times. They can tag millions of people at a time. How do you think he got all those people back and took all their money away from them in Saudi Arabia, this new prince? And who do you think he was working with? And who do you think he modeled his terrorist center upon? Our global engagement center, which was created by Obama. He took the national, you know this, last time we talked about this, the, uh, the Board of Broadcasting Governors mm -hmm. is, part of the, is part of the Department of Defense, which is, has its office, which is the Global Engagement Center. They can take your name and they can plug it in in 40, 60 different ways that I know of and surveil you instantaneously all they want and anybody who calls you or anybody who even says your name online. <laughs> And then they get a complete data, metadata meta analysis of all of it. They create a profile on you in seconds. This is a fact. They brag about it. And the only thing that, if you went back to the days of Heinlein and Asimov and sci-fi fellows, the only thing that kept their incredible fecund imaginations from actually waxing vatic, as it were, is that we didn't have the technology, the brute force computing power. In the old days, they would have said, yeah, robots would be theoretically possible, but we just don't have the ability to do that. Now, by virtue of this, this colossal supercomputer that defies comprehension, much less, now by virtue of this, because of this, like, for example, I love this, if I could be Cook or somebody say, these people, we had to go to court and pretended that we were fighting the government. No, you can't have that backdoor technology to their phones. Get back. A computer that we have is so fast, it can go through every conceivable pop. I, I mean, it, it, it's beyond brute force. But going back to what we, we, we said here, whenever the government does something on a grand scale, you always ask the question, do they really want to do what, what they say they do? For example, why, does, why is the government so interested in my teeth? They keep putting fluoride in the water. They must, they care about my teeth. They don't care about me <laughs> at all. Now, in New York, you may have it where you are, on the police cars, they have these cars that have these two cameras on the, on the back, on the, the, uh, the uh, boot of the car, so to speak, that they say that's to read license plates so they can look for cars that are stolen or suspended. I'm thinking, do you really think that they care about stolen cars? I mean, seriously, do you? I mean, it's to get yet another beat of, beat, piece of data to say within this perimeter, these people are here now, and then they're not here. Here's Thomas Paine. We have him everywhere he goes on a 24-7 Panopticon world view. And we also know in your neighborhood who's there, Lights are flashing. People come in because we're constantly monitoring this. My problem is trying to convey to most people why this should bother them. They should say, well, well what do you want? I mean, it's the police, and, and there you go again. You get this Thomas Paine guy all the time, and every time he comes out, he talks about wet wear. He scares the hell out of me. And Well, what does he want to do? Go backwards? What do you want to do? What? Stop this technology? If I could make you... King of the world, what do you want? 
oh, I thought I was king of the world in my own little American world, you know, out here in the suburbs and where I don't leave. And I, I, they do, I'm sure, keep track of me. But I try to be uh, as common as can be. You know, that's why I'm Thomas Paine. But you have asked a question that has set my mind into a reverie that has, it, it's, it's been there once before, and it wasn't conclusive. You ask, is there anything in history that is like this? Yes, but only in sci-fi, as you named it. Yes, in Stranger in the Strange Land, they had a religion called fosterism. And you go in this room and you have sex and delights and treats and everything, and some of it's delivered electronically, and you have this complete immersion in everything that you want as a reward for being a good citizen. You go in this room and everything is allowed in this religion. That's, you held it up. That's your cell phone. That's this computer. I get to talk to you. I don't even know where you live. I love talking to you. I'm addicted. You call me, I'm going to answer. Okay? I never knew you before. I get to watch you on the internet of things created by Al Gore. I don't understand any of it as as Tyro, as you called him. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I participate wholeheartedly. And I give up of my own consciousness for the sake of machine consciousness, transplanting it, subsuming it, taking it over, and in fact, anytime these devices are too near you, they are draining you not only of, of all kinds of things, but they're also emitting, let's just call it electromagnetic frequencies that go all the way up to what we call full spectrum. And that full spectrum is beyond your imagination, but it's also antidotable. I've done an entire video because people came on and freaked out and you know said, boy, what are we going to do? Oh, here. Oh, I forgot. I do like 50 things for this. You know, So it's okay. You're cool. Here's some references and you can go take care of this. But what's better than that is to have the consciousness to know that it's happening and then do exactly what you just said. Resist. Not resist a duly elected president, but resist the tech warlord takeover of commerce, of war, of patents, of innovation, of the society of 40 different illnesses that are created by interacting with these devices that they've only began to study. There's many ways around this. I'm not just an alarmist. I'm telling you the truth based upon the research of a whole bunch of people and hundreds, if not thousands of reports that started in 1970s. So you're right. I have to hit you and I say, thank you. Fosterism. That's what we're involved in here. We are getting dopamine drug hits subliminally too, not just socially, because I get to talk to you and talk to the world and think that I'm global and I'm the king of my own little place, you know? But uh, with also, but with that connectivity and that, um, this, this system that we're on, the, the grid, the real grid, or like a human grid, you can affect everything from emotion, commerce, buying things. Here's one you can help me with. I, I noticed this today and I, I always, I, I, I feel some, I feel a lot like I'm an alien on my own land that I don't, I don't fit in. And I look around and I'm saying, I, I don't think people see things the way I do. <laughs> what, what they get upset about with and what they don't amazes me. To wit, there was an article, because as you know, Tide Pod eating oh, yes. is now the rage. And I believe it's Darwin in action. 
Survival of the fittest. Let's get rid of these people who basically eat Tide Pods. <laughs> Let's find 80, out. 84 of them. <laughs> yes. Now, the other day, somebody was saying, today I read an article that says, do you realize that there may be 12, there are 1,200 chemicals, different chemicals, in that Tide Pod? And I followed up with, do you realize that you're not supposed to eat the Tide Pod? <laughs> so, that, so that your first, your first fact means nothing if the fact, the second fact is never employed. We're missing the point here. You're living in a world where you are being irradiated, you are being bathed in aluminum and barium and geochemicals and and, uh, engineering and and chemtrails and you are being hit with things and you're, and, and I can promise you, I can say to you, I cannot escape these rays, I cannot escape these forces, I cannot, I have, I am a prisoner. However, I am equipped the ability to, to guarantee you, Thomas, that I shall never knowingly consume a Tide Pod. Yet that's <laughs> what we're talking about. That is a subject of concern. That is, and what's also interesting, because today, as you know, the memo was released. Oh, yes. The media have tried with all their might to dismiss this as some superficial, unimportant, little tangential, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. But because of this, and this is the funny part, because of this device, we they were hoist by their own electronic petard. I talked to a friend of mine the other day. I was with Ed Schultz, my dear friend on RT here tonight. He says, what do you think of the fact that this memo may be released on a Friday? And historically, as you know, Friday was the worst day because it's a weekend and nobody cared. And I said, with this, there's no such thing as Friday. It doesn't exist anymore because the newspapers don't exist. It was always, well, we got to wait for Monday for... So while we loathe this, hate this, despise this, this internet of things, it brings us together. It connects us. It it arms us. It, it, It empowers us. It's a wonderful balance. Yin and yang, it's this... It, with one hand it giveth, it taketh away. So there is good. We can do something. The question is, how do you get people to sit there and say, wait a minute, this guy Thomas makes a lot of sense. It's a good point. Who's in charge of this? Why am I being irradiated? And if you went to your physician and said, doctor, do you know anything about this? He'd say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've got to see 50 patients a day or I go under. I don't have time to discuss this. So my... That, that rambling discourse notwithstanding, this is a wonderful thing which is destroying us but also empowering us to allow us our escape. That makes the internet sense. is an experiment. It's an experiment that they don't have an answer for. There's no conclusion for it. It's out of control. The people who created it started a war over cyber turf. And now human beings have entered into that virtual realm of cyber turf and they're all considered what they call actors. In other words, opponents, warriors. So what we're dealing with is in the alternative media, what you're doing and what we're doing is we're bringing forth the ability for people to have discernment so they can see truth. My wife uh, calls you wit and wisdom. You know, you have incredible wit, but you also have the wisdom to be able to take some of these very serious things and put them into literally, you know, six or seven words that 
show exactly what it is. So you said it before. What are you going to do? Resist it? Yeah, let's do a moratorium on the 5G. And while we do, let's bring out the truth. Oh, and while we bring out the truth on that, let's bring out the truth on the patent system itself and the very things you said. Oh, let's have somebody for once say, oh, before innovation goes the next step to 5G, let's first ask a few questions, some moral questions. Is this going to harm us? What did 4G do to this? What did 3, 2, 1G? We don't... It's very clear what it's done, and it's very, very, very negative. And so then to amp it up by uh, 100 times, are we really going to allow this? And yet the common person will say, uh, I'll tell you a little story. I'm walking down the street talking to some neighbors, and, and their child comes up. And we were, we were talking about the old days when we believed the Russians were going to get us. Remember? Mm-hmm. Duck and cover, sure. jump underneath. Yeah. We lived with nuclear threat right there. Death, death. It's always right there, right? Has it happened? Has anyone seen a nuclear bomb explode except for these tests? Has any company, country shot a nuclear bomb at another country? Since we and, did? No. And yet you and I, a whole part of our life, that was right there present. So now we have the threat of terrorism. And so we watch the internet, which was created as an experiment called DARPAnet, which is what they developed weapons from. And when they elused it, into the social media. Before that, it was okay. It was for corporations, and they drew in all the corporations, all the big corporations. But then when it turned to social media, they had to say, what are we going to do with the billions of people on the earth? Well, let's do a psyops experiment. Let's see what we can do. Let's see how far we can go. Let's see if we can get them to believe that Facebook makes money selling ads. And that's why they're the richest company in the world. What do you, I don't, I don't see any ads myself, but uh, or that Google... It, what, what we have to do is we follow the innovation that came from the military and see the corporations it became, and we simply cancel them out with creating a new structure in the patent system and creating a new structure of recognition of who actually owns those patents. And if you recognize the real inventors, Silicon Valley is over. So we talk about innovation slowing down, if not stopping for a minute. What do you mean it's over? Well, if Jeff Bezos wasn't paid, wasn't subsidized with his uh, use of the United Postal Service, our own federal postal service, he would collapse. If the money given to him through the CIA didn't come to him, he would collapse. And then, of course, he controls Washington Post. And so you see always the way that the CIA, rogue CIA, and or the government work through the major media to try to, you know, propagandize people. This is legal now. The NDAA, which I talked about before, allows propaganda of United States citizens within our domestic borders. This has been going on for quite some time. So what do we do? We develop consciousness, Lionel. The alternative media was used against them to get Trump elected. So what was an experiment of the military has got out of control. It took over all commerce, basically all globalist commerce. It took over all globalism uh, eventually. Then when it went to social media and stole this technology, last time we were talking, we talked, and I'm holding off saying the words to make sure that our conversation gets a little further, but you know what we were talking about before, that it can easily be taken care of just like this, just like like President Trump turned around and stopped, what was it, 24, 26 billion to the United Nations Refugee Program? Sorry, we don't need you anymore. We're going to do it ourselves. And by the way, we don't trust you. Okay, 26 billion, bingo. Anybody give him credit for that? We have added up. He's earned us like $10 trillion just by his own personal deals that he's done on his travels. Every time he travels, he makes us about a trillion. He made $5 trillion 
off of the uh, canceling the climate accord. I mean, for heaven's sakes, is anybody talking about this? He, for the first time in history, manipulated the stock market to a good way. Instead of ups and downs and the plunge protection team and the exchange stabilization fund making go up and down, up and down to control the interest by the U.S. Fed as they're acting as if they're controlling monetary policy, which they do not. The exchange stabilization fund does. No one will tell you that. Who are those people? They work independently of the United States Treasury Department and always have. So what do we see with Trump? We see that he goes and he looks at this. He goes, holy crap. I'm stopping that. Okay, terrorism is being stopped. ISIS was stopped. Al Qaeda stopped. Look, North Korea is at the at the peace table. I mean, look at the things that he's done by simply saying, "I'm going to do it a different way." We're in a new revolution. We call it the Second American Revolution. And what we're doing here with the tech companies is we're exposing them because as they get exposed, look what happened when we and others like you focused on Dude Zuckerberg. He and Facebook are collapsing. Peter Thiel sold his last shares. Eric Schmidt's already out. Eric Schmidt's out of Alphabet. Thiel, by the way, is into one of these, um, he's in one of these um, immortality moves, is he not? Oh, uh, yes. Let's, uh, I don't know if it's true, but you, you hear this thing about, bring me the blood of a, of a virgin and, you know, all of this. You know, there is this, uh, going back, you know, I look behind you and I see, you're, you're far more adept into the world of the spiritual. We've talked before, and, it, and it's, it's a subject which I am not conversant with at all. I don't even know what that means. But I do know that there are forces that I cannot explain, and just like if somebody didn't, did not have a radio antenna, they'd swear there was no radio. Say, I don't know what the hell you're <laughs> exactly. talking about with this radio. <laughs> exactly. But these people keep saying, what radio is that? What is, what are you, so... And when people talk about something for a long enough period of time, whether it's acupuncture, evil, the devil, I don't care what it is, Chakra, Chakra Khan, a great singer. <laughs> anyway, but, sorry, it's a bad pun. Put me in the penitentiary. But, but, but the point is, but there, there's, there's got to be something to it. So if I could go somewhere and say, is it, I know this sounds nuts, God, Jesus, uh, Yeshua, Whoever, who is this Trump guy? Ah, glad you asked. He's most interesting. He is your savior. Wait a minute. Hold it. No, no. He came around and was a revolutionary. They went nuts from the moment he opened his mouth. And he has been, If when he walks away, and he says, job well done. I want to see, figuratively, Washington in a smoldering pile, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. I want to start all over again. I want there to be a complete and total recalibration of everything. But do you, and you're into this more than I, is there something spiritually about him that you've been able to pick up when he was born or some... G-force or something he's given off because this is this. This is the most uh, cataclysmic times we live in brought to you by this man. Rings a bell, doesn't it, historically? Yes. And like you, I'm a Jesuit and I was into comparative religions. So I study all the golden thread through all of them. So, you know, no matter what group you're talking about, I've probably been associated with them. 
And I don't yet believe in Trumpism as if he's a, a religion. He is a disruptive force, what they, what they call in technology the disruptive force. If you do not learn to deal with the disruptive force, it takes over. It takes your market share. It takes everything, right? What is Amazon, the disruptive force? You mentioned Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel created Palantir. When I told you there's 40 different ways, that's one of them. He teaches people through Palantir and through Tor and through open source exactly how to go in and surveil people publicly without, you know, you just, these things are there, you can do it. These things have already been connected. He knows how to get in. Okay. He said, tech companies must be a monopoly. They must destroy all competition. There is only one business model. Those are his words. Mm. And most of them believe that. Most of them have been that because they were supported from the beginning by the forces behind the military, what we would call the military industrial complex. I would call it transnational corporatism that has taken over the military uh, innovation and uh, through the patent office. So um, it is an amazing thing that we're facing here, but all of these things are defeatable very easily. So uh, though some people may be shocked by it, I think one of our jobs is to make sure that people understand that there's always hope, there's always there's always hope left in the box, you know, Pandora's box. So that's what I think is. Oh, see, I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes, because I think sometimes, um, Thomas, we, uh, we, we, we tend to be, get the, uh, the label of like, you know, the Cassandra pretending doom. Oh God, here comes Thomas again. What are we doing now, Thomas? 5G, 6G, bathing in radiation. Here he comes, the life of the party. <laughs> well, and, 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 and we get this sometimes, and, and you meet, especially with these people who are basically paranoid. Oh, my God, the light flickered just when you said Constitution. <laughs> so take it easy. Now, I, I'd like to go back in time and say, hey, guys, listen, want you to hear this guy, uh, Thomas. Listen to what he says about 5G. We'd like to talk to you about the Black Death, okay? We'd like to talk <laughs> about the Civil War, World War II, Hitler, the Spanish influenza. What are you, slavery, internment? You're worried about what? You don't even know what, you, 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 know, you don't know the meaning. And then before that, let's talk about the Ice Age, shall we? The Dark Ages, you know? So there's always this, the first rule of humanity is that you swear, this is the worst time ever with this is the worst number two the kids are the most they're the worst they don't know anything uh it, it, it's the same mantra the music is horrible the the it's all it, it's like this natural thing that we do doesn't mean you're wrong doesn't mean you're wrong but understand that is a patellar psychically patellar reflex that we all have every human a thousand years from now going to be doing the same thing. So that's who we are. But that's a good sign. You want to go to a physician who knows and is alert to things that are breaking down, not, you look fine to me. No, 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 no. So sometimes it's great that we have this, but the balance of being able to portend and, and wax pythonic and see the future sometimes, read the entrails of the beast. Sometimes the bad part is that we can get a bit pessimistic, but if we didn't have that, We'd be walking around just like pliant sheep being led to slaughter. Isn't this great? <laughs> you know, there was this old thing who said years ago regarding Facebook. When something like when the, when the 
when the product or the when when the product is free you're the product you know facebook when when you say isn't this great it's free no you're the product beware of greeks bearing gifts and as you said these are the best of times these are the worst of the times everybody thinks they're in the apocalyptic millennial age and when we look at these things uh, as the anonymous patriots and the conclave work together and we analyze these things, especially trying to see where things are going ahead of time because we simply do what you pointed out, we follow the paths of perdition. We follow the seven deadly sins, and it, it's real clear the way that that goes. So once people get into this, the good times, the best of times, the worst of times, when they go to the worst of times, it's pretty easy to predict where they're going to go. And we have been pretty accurate. Even with this memo that was released, we already said what was in it. We even pointed out this discrepancy, which they don't answer in it. And later I'm going to do an audio on this to show, you know, really. So they finally admit it. It's like, oh, what's going to happen next? Are they, are they going to admit that the content of WikiLeaks yeah. is correct? <laughs> oh, if that happens, that's the day I pass out and I may retire because then I will know that somehow the age of falsehoodism the age of political lying, it might be coming to an end because it is shocking. Now, do I believe that Trump is going to lead us that way? No, Trump is the disruptive factor. If you can't handle the wrecking ball, do not invite him in. Do I know that he was going to be president beforehand? That was easily told. How? And because Ronald Reagan said it. And because we were counselors to Ronald Reagan and they asked us to look at him and we saw that he was unafflicted. So I didn't answer your question before. I'll answer it now. Yes. The conclave, some of whom were the astrologers and psychic advisors. Now explain the, the conclave to those who are unenlightened. Oh, yes. The, the, uh, yes, you have your conspiratorium. We have yes. our conclave. The conclave are people who are a bunch of retiree dudes who uh, I go to to make sure that what I'm saying is correct. <laughs> and they ask me to be their spokesperson. And if I stop, someone else would come. These forward. are ex-Intel people as yourself. You know. Yeah, but as you say, everybody's ex-intel. 865,000 people have a top-secret security clearance at this moment. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Only 65% of them are not bound by the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which could prosecute them for treason if they committed espionage. Oh, no, they're like a Hillary Clinton. She didn't intend to commit espionage. Oh, Huma didn't mean to commit espionage. Oh, it's just like Stephen Boyd said Oh, between the struck and page memos, we have to strike all the sex texts because they were personal. So of the 50,000, we get 384. <laughs> I predicted the best part of those would be the sex texts. It's like people don't learn. They let this device right. rule their life. Why? Because it's smarter than they are. The machine language that has combined, that has congealed to make this, is more powerful than most humans can imagine, imagine, exactly as you said. But imagine you're in a business, the FBI, where you merely take advantage all day long about people who don't realize that they're being surveilled. I also call it the picking your nose in the car phenomenon. As you can tell, Thomas, I give beautiful names to my theories. But have you ever been <laughs> in a car and you're at a light or something and there's some guy next to you and he's got his, no, and he is like digging for gold and you want to say, eh, eh, hey, I can see you. <laughs> What, what are you doing? And say, sometimes babe, kids will do like this to hide. It's like, no, Piaget, object permanence. No, I can see you. He forgets that we're hearing your everything. You're on a device that you yourself, by the way, quick aside, one of my dear friends is a 
was a, uh, he's, he's retired now, but a very, very uh, well-known criminal trial lawyer. And when he'd call me on the phone, he would say sometimes, did you get the cocaine? What? The cocaine, the four kilos. Did you ever pick that up? I gave you the money. And he said, I said, what? I told him the next time, I said, what are you doing? He said, don't you understand? You can say anything. If you do that enough, they go, oh, he's doing it again. No, no, he's real. He's, he's serious this time. He does it. He, you know. But I, I'm going to go back to something. I want you, knowing what you know about spiritual, because we never really get into that enough, because you're, you're a very, very fascinating person. It was interesting. You, you, uh, you asked me some interesting questions when we spoke once off the air, and you asked me very interesting questions about myself. If I was ever frightened by the size of Lincoln's ears, if I ever went to bed without <laughs> saying goodbye, do I, do I ever, if it's neither here nor there, where is it? I'm thinking, wow, how do you ship styrofoam? I remember you asking me these questions, like, and you said, the, the best question you asked me was, is, the, is our alphabet in that order because of the song? And I thought, <laughs> wow. I, didn't, I never thought about this. But I want you to diagnose, if you will, give me a profile of Hillary Clinton. We talk about her all the time, like she's going like to pull the skin off. She's an animatronic. She has horns. But tell me, what do you think she really is? Oh, she's very good at what she does. What is that? She's following the path of perdition, which starts with uh, envy and jealousy and then goes to... Uh, lust and to greed, and then goes into uh, uh, gluttony and slovenliness, and then goes into anger and hatred. I mean, she is the perfect path. You can just see it develop through her. You can see the way that you know one step follows the other if you do it well. From birth, her father was the second in charge of the mob in Chicago. What did we expect? He told her to become a patent attorney. An infringement patent attorney. In other words, we, I want you to go get the most corrupt job you can possibly get because you're a woman and you can't carry a Tommy gun well enough to, you know, enter the mob. <laughs> That's Hillary Clinton. And then she met Bill and Bill, the failed Rhodes Scholar, who was already corrupt from the get go, who dealt anything that he could at that time, including cocaine and everything else. When she met him, she says, oh, I can make this man into something. And the two of them were groomed by the bushes. So when you say Clintons, you say Bush, period. That's the way well, that let's is. Let's go back to that. Bill Clinton was a person who, by virtue of his childhood, and this may be a tad Freudian or, or whatever, whatever, who knows, but it's, but it's a bit couch-oriented. When he was a young man, he wanted to, he needed the praise and the respect and the attention of his mother, but his mother was always giving it away to other men. She'd walk around with tube tops. I'm not saying she was a bad person. But a little, a little loose, a little flirtatious, a little think bowling alley waitress, but not as classy. All right, and he would oftentimes have to get in the way and protect his mother. And he he once and always wanted to be loved. He wanted it, and it translated perfectly into politician and to speaking. Because what he did was he was so he he didn't go there for your vote. He wanted your heart. He wanted your admiration. He wanted to sell you. That's why he was so good. Hillary was devoid of that. He was something she wasn't. She complimented him. He was so fluid with the humanity. He could connect with people. 
she was she tried so hard. It was almost, I don't want to make fun of this, but almost like she was on the spectrum. Inappropriate affect. She would try to learn how to laugh, learn how to smile, learn how to care, learn how to listen, learn how to, now how do you look when you give a shit, Bill? Or do, you, do you go like this? Or Because I don't really care. And this, and I don't think she intended to be like this, but it's almost like sometimes some of the world's worst war criminals find themselves in positions where opportunity meets opportunity. Uh, Eichmann did not start off saying, I'm going to be evil. No, he was very good at what he did, but just kind of forgot what he did because, and I think Hillary Clinton became this person who said, I love success. And I'll worry later about what is that moral tripwire, those alarm bells, the superego part in her Freudian troika. Eh. And one thing led to another. Twice shut out. Bill ran. Obama twice. Never had it. She never won. Never. She never will. I said, you don't understand. This is entitlement meets this. Oh, she's, she's fascinating. And is so evil, not out of being evil, but will liquidate you if you so much as just get in her way. One of the classic signs of psychopathy, but just nothing personal, but will kill you, your family. I mean, she is, and she won't go away. She won't, she does, and the DNC won't tell her, you're going. You're ruining it for us. Stop this. Everything, all this memo game, what is this about? It was about her. Oh, yeah. Everything started with her, explaining why she lost, explaining why he won. It was all because of her. Everything that the RNC or the DNC is involved in, everything was because of her. Mm -hmm. I've spoken Absolutely. too long, and I'm sorry for that, but it's true. I'm going to get that off my chest. No, I, I agree with you totally with Bill and with Hillary. I mean, I voted for Bill Clinton, and I know he inhaled. And he played the saxophone, and he was cool, and he was as smart as a lick. That man could memorize so much stuff. And as you say, he had a personal connection with everybody. And Hillary, she was the facade of the Democratic Party. She was the most perfect progressive representation of the liberal left and its entitlement through all classes that have been degraded. And, and I agree with that, but that isn't what the Democratic Party does. That's what they say. And yes, she is the most one of the most amazing characters to look at. And that now, even after Uranium One, even after 145 million pay to play directly to the Clinton Foundation, 200 million to the to the Clinton uh, Sustainability Growth Fund. After all of this clear evidence, she's still walking around free. How can that possibly be? We now see, you know, Comey, uh, McCabe, uh, Rod Rosenstein. And a few others named this memo where you have to go, oh, well, maybe, you know, somewhere down the line, maybe they'll get in some trouble. But Hillary, oh, you know, there's how many new investigations have been reopened or the old, old ones opened? Nothing happens. I don't understand it. It's one of the greatest phenomena I've ever seen. Now, could it be? And let's just speculate using my comparative religion background. Could she be possessed by some kind of evil? Lots of people say so. And lots of people say they do horrible things. I don't know about all of that. I've never met her. I can't really say. But from what I see as her effect, it is just about as mean and as awful and wicked and lying and falsehood as I could possibly imagine. And then she says she wants to have Bill Clinton come in and run our economy when she's the president. 
uh, on the subject, explain uh, the, we have never heard the subject matter of child, uh, child sexual torture, pedophilia, uh, trafficking. Explain that. They always say, it's Luciferian. I, I get this all the time. It's Luciferian. It's satanic. I mean, I don't know. Lucifer, uh, Lux, Lucis, Latin, you know, of light, light giving Lucifer. Okay, I don't know. Satan, is it satanic? Is it, what is it? Explain this. Who are these people? Well, if you mean, first off, I, I would have to clump them all underneath slavery. The pedophilia is a branch of that, but sexual slavery is just as prevalent. And now pedophilia for children is very prevalent. We've seen now tens of thousands of arrests in America since Ivanka has opened up a room in the West Wing to go after the pedophiles. And Trump has signed two executive orders giving them complete power to do so. Yes. So and that's good. And we need to do that. Why does it happen with the elite? Well, it happened with the Romans. Yes. We are still living in the decay of the Roman time. What did the Romans do? They stole the icons from the Greeks. They stole their scholars and they made them their, their pedagogues who walked with their children to school and taught them. They stole their ideas. Uh, they stole their industry, their uh, ingenuity. And then what did they do? They tried to keep it hollow through Roman law. So what have we done in America? We created federal courts that are superior in some ways to state courts. We've created a court system that is so crooked that it's, it's, it's just amazing. So we see that we are still hung up in the age of Rome, and we still live in the ghosts of the Greek philosophers. There's no philosophy of technology. What you were speaking about before, where's the morality and technology? Where's the philosophy of science? Let's ask a basic question. If you're gonna have a philosophy of science, let's ask the first question. What is a human being? And are they evolving into something, or are they just somehow a naked ape, and that's, it just happened, and that's that? You see, those are the, they, see, I could do this forever. When somebody says, what does living mean? Is this, is a plant living? Is it a living being? Is it, well, because we always have this idea like, well, we, because we have this a, a ability to create, we don't even know categories we have. For example, you, you, you step on a bug, right? Yeah, would you step on a kitten? Oh, wait a minute. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> well, uh, is it alive? Well, is it? I always imagine somebody who says, you, did this man, this man, uh, this, this, this terrible, um, Olympian, uh, this Olympic uh, coach who uh, who molested these women. I said, "What if I told you what do you what do you think about a man who not only killed children but women and children and incinerated them by hundreds of thousands? Paul Tibbets, what? Paul Tibbets in Gay. Wait a minute, he's a hero to you. He was, but to those people, and if you sit there and say, how do we do it? We have we create not only gray areas. Oh my God, we we are moral relativists. We just create well the difference between Hillary Clinton. But 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 I want to go back just just for example this thing about children. We're talking about. I've never heard this subject more than now. There's something I understand, kind of sort of the plain old sex, the, the perverted thing about you know dominance and power. But when somebody wants to consume, kill, take the blood, the adrenaline, the spirit, the power, we're talking about something which I thought we had left years ago. I thought we had trans uh, uh, advanced from that. That might have been great for some tribal, but, 
But these themes never leave us. Animal sacrifice, children's sacrifice, sacrifice in general. We, we're never out. We're not outliving that. We're not outgrowing that. Why is that? Why are these themes just cyclical, or not, not cyclical, but they never go away? Because we're not becoming angels. We're becoming animals again. We came 2,000 years, 2,000 B.C., People were committing, well, they were killing human beings as human sacrifice. And here in America, they were eating their heart at the same time. And so we can see that some of these people are literally reincarnated, Mayan and Aztecs, uh, once they have both gone bad, and Incas and Toltecs. And there are, let's remember that uh, Abraham was told, you know, not to sacrifice a son. It wasn't that long ago that we in our own Judeo-Christian. No, he was told to sacrifice, and then God said, I'm kidding! I'm kidding! Exactly. Jesus, you're so literal, Abraham. Come on! Yes, well, the point is, is that all around him, they were committing, uh, they used animals for sacrifice and humans for sacrifice, and later on, they used animals for sacrifice in the Jewish temple. So what is this that they have to give up bloodletting? Because, okay, if you want to know the spiritual answer, I guess you really do. Okay. The yes. Spiritual answer, very, very simple. If you can scare a person to death, you can steal their etheric energy. The astral, if you can get through their astral, if you can scare them, you can actually grab a part that would continue to live in them called the etheric or the life body, and they assume that they get to keep that. But at the same time, there are very negative things. If you drink human blood or eat human skin, there's a disease you will get which will shorten your life. So it's kind of like the Chinese emperors who took the poison mercury to live longer. Well, tough luck. It made them live shorter. So if you want to do human sacrifice and you think it's going to give you power on this earth so that you imagine whatever you want to imagine, you pointed out, well, you call it whatever you want. Let's call it archons. Let's call it Lucifer. Let's call it demons. Let's call it Belbezobel. Let's call it uh, uh, Baphomet. Let's call it anything you want. I can give you all the names, but it doesn't matter because Humans have not evolved to the point not to be able to be tempted by stupidity. This is animal stupidity. An animal wouldn't do this. An animal wouldn't make an animal sacrifice for the sake of an animal sacrifice, thinking that they are in some way stealing something from the other animal. They would only kill it to eat it. So instead of killing it to eat it, we no longer do that. We're not cannibals. So what is the Holy Eucharist? What is the Catholic Church based upon? Theophany. Eating Eating the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's a the, form the, of cannibalism. Right. We're theophagists. We're, uh, that is, a, you know, but, but also there's this wonderful interplay of, of, of technology. If I said to you, okay, you're, I'm a uh, serial killer and I'm a terrible person, and for some reason I have been, I've landed in an Amish community. And for <laughs> some reason, the stuff that used to motivate me to want to hate and kill, whatever, I don't have this here. And I'm, I'm the same person, but the environment doesn't feed it. Something about these people, you can't do that there. You can't, if you're living in a Quonset hut, if you're living in a lean-to by the river, the simplicity of situations will neutralize all of those behaviors that you would normally have because it takes modernity to bring out that, 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 the horrors in you. It's, it sounds weird. Look. We never intended to go here, but I'll say it. I don't believe in this thing called evil. I believe there's this thing called this. There's, there's this human being. And given the right situations, 
I don't care where they're from. Because people think a thousand years ago, what? Do you think they were fundamentally that different from us? You don't believe that parents loved their children? You don't believe that people laughed and had fun and did stuff and ate and kidded around and did some form of sport? They were profoundly similar to who we were. But we always think that they were different. Oh, it was a different time then. They were the animal, pan and pagans. And Well, I would beg the different. Go to any church on a Sunday and I'll let you tell me if we've, advanced from that but there's something about it that goes back to what we started from 5g technology this separates us it brings us it makes us it makes us selfish it makes us this this world that we live in is like the perfect petri dish that that foments and, and allows this insanity and depravity to grow like never before it's everywhere it's like there's it's not really our fault you really can't blame us does that make any sense whatsoever <laughs> Perfectly good sense, Lionel. I worked in the prison system with juveniles, and I handled 10,000 of them a year. And some of them had committed, killed seven people, okay? And I met all of them. And none of them, once they told me their story, did I not understand their story exactly as you said. It wasn't evil that drove them. It was their biography. It was their environment. I was in the same situation. I was a prosecutor. In fact, I knew a lot about this thing. Yet some kids, kids who were assassins in the Ivory Coast, came back and assimilated and never did anything again. Other kids said, why are you a serial killer? Well, my parents got a divorce. I got a divorce. What is it that made you crazy? Well, my mother was a prostitute. So was mine. My mother was an alcoholic. So was mine. I'm a doctor. You're on death row. What happened? What, what was it? There may be something to other forces. It may, be, may, it may be those looking at your cars behind you, those angels and spirits and whatever. We're going to find out. And it will become not subject to spirituality, but something that's almost very, very concrete. There are things and forces, like there's particles, physics, and weird subatomic stuff that is so spooky that for years we would say, oh, that's just superstition. But I'm starting to believe it may be true because it's the only way to explain what I'm seeing. Once again, you've hit it on the head. Is there evil? Evil is when progress is slowed down or stopped or going backwards. It's evil is the word live spelled backwards. So when you aren't living... And dog is God spelled backwards. What does correct. that mean? I have no idea. God is a representation of wisdom in the past. They actually worshipped. That's the reason they crossbred them. They were temple dogs in every temple. So dog and God, it was in fact a location for the God to come and possess that dog as well as the idols that they would have on their altar. But let's go back to evil. I was kidding, by the way, about the dog thing. But, son of Sam, uh, the dog wanna... talked to me. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm telling you, dogs and people, uh, you know, we won't go to dogs anymore. But we will talk about evil. Okay? <laughs> I love this. Evil only has power in the individual. Until now. And now we have collective evil. And you just said it. You Again, you just characterized it in just a few words. But we call it being called, pulled across the threshold between the seen and unseen world. And again, you've tried to describe that. We're working with unseen forces. But what are they? I'm not going to call them God. I'm not going to call them angels. I would call them virtues. I would call them truth, goodness, and beauty. I would call them what all religions have as a golden thread, which is the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. That is found in every single what you'd call mythology or religion or belief. That very rule, the same rule that Christ taught. And that, and so, by the way, makes the most sense. If you were to sit there and say, listen, I'm a very evil person, but I found out right now. And forget this karma being a bitch and all that stuff. If you are good to people, 
People will return the favor, and for no other reason you should be good to people, not because you like it, not because it's right, but it just makes sense. There's an, economics, an economic truth to it. If you believe in karma and reincarnation, as the Dalai Lama, who's a friend of mine, always says, be kind to people and be kind to yourself. That's it. Love others and love yourself. Now, the Dalai Lama has a most interesting background, my friend, Uh which we will talk about. (laughs) No, well, that that perhaps, listen, I'm going to just put an, an, an end to this. (laughs) <laughs> that's I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, we're not done with this conversation. I'm going to put an end to this, all right? I'm going to stop this. Let's <laughs> all. I'm going to tell you something. You're, you've got some of the, the American intelligence media. Great stuff. You and Betsy Ross, your counterpart, is this, I told you this, a great style. Uh, aim for truth, but American intelligence media you do some terrific stuff. Great, well, great discussion. And this, you know, this medium has inspired you. It's it's like you found out, unless somebody came up with paints, some people never knew they were painters, just like not being able to tell radio. You were always probably good at this, but this one, and we always talk bad about this, this gave you a medium in a Petri dish Absolutely. Your, how, how has this changed you? This, and that's the antidote, to be thankful. Because we know what we're using it for. We're using it against the very makers. And we're using it for the opposite of what they used it for. The real purpose of social media as developed by leader technologies was the freedom of information. Everyone is supposed to be able to access all information. Final question. Why isn't, I believe inherently, man is good. Most people left to their own devices. May, I mean, they, they basically, they do no harm. They, they may not be charitable per se, but man, basically people are just good people. Why is it that evil gets so much more attention? And why is it that the first thing people want to do when they become rich, or maybe they become rich through this, is to do evil things? Why? Because evil means personal and selfish. And when you're selfless, then you're these common people. So they only got to be the elites that they are because they were completely selfish. And what we need to do is realize that they have no hold over us. They can be our, uh, they can enslave us economically. They can do all kinds of things, but they cannot enslave your eye, your personal eye. Like you say, everybody is good inside. There are very few evil people. Very few conscious evil people. I agree. I absolutely agree. And then there are very few other people who know that they are on the path to be an angel and that they're working on that right now. And that's the issue. Can you develop morality and higher virtues, or are you going to go the path of the selfish, evil one who just simply goes down? Let me let me just tell you, and let me also just say, what you've done. Number one, I hope Betsy does not hear this because <laughs> I deliberately wanted you to go from one one pedal to another. You were uh-huh. a bee that was designed. Instead of going, we're going to go to this flower first. We're going to pollinate and we're going to go. No, I gave you a drop of a micro dot of acid. You went crazy and you were, you were pollinating. uh, This is my favorite conversation. The carom human uh, mental pachinko bound over here. Who, where did this go? What saying something that makes you wait a minute. You said something that is 
A friend of mine who was a psychoanalyst says, why do you think we have a couch? He says, that's just not by nature or by mistake. That's not TV. Because when you are lying back, you think completely differently. Just be looking up, closing your eyes. When you're listening to music in a beautiful night in a field and there's some open air, you sit back and you look at the stars. We're unable to do that, to unlock that ability to just let stuff pour out. Because we're always walking. What time is it? Got to go. Got to go. Got to pick up my wife. Got to go. Don't do this. Stand this up. Got to go. What time is it? Record the honey. I'm not eating it. You're always doing that. We live, and then at night, maybe we get to dream a little bit. Maybe we have some fun time. And then it's back to business the next day. Get up. Do my thing. Got to run. Got to jog. This is the most fun for me. Just sit back and say, let's see where we go. Let's see where we end up. Oh, absolutely. If nobody understands it, who cares? You are the ultimate choleric sanguine, which is so beautiful. You are like everywhere at once. And so when, we, when we're talking off air, it's just astounding. I mean, we're like talking five conversations. Choleric and high choleric. Of oh, yes. The color, the body, the humor, oh, the yes. color. Uh, yes. Uh, clar- I, I, I love that. And I'm phlegmatic and, and melancholic. Well, I'm sorry and to so, hear that. And yes, I know. And those well, wear are the a long coat and nobody will notice. <laughs> and so those are the things that we have uh, to balance each other out. You know, it's the earth, water, fire, air syndrome. But also, not a syndrome, it's all the elements. But uh, what you were just saying is so important. If you go to Goethe's Green Snake and Beautiful Lily, it says, what is greater than gold? And the old king answers, light. And what is greater than light? And the old king answers, conversation. Conversation with you, there's sparks flying everywhere. So well, it, it's I, I a, love them. Well, listen, we're going to do this again. Thank you, my dear friend. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. American Intelligence Media, I will put all of your... And please, when Betsy hears this, you might want to say, um, honey, I'm, I'm just going to strap you in here. Why? Just, just, <laughs> just, just trust me. I want you to be able to... And we're going to put you in this room. There's no sharp objects. Listen to me unhinged. Un- oh. Because there is something that is just so wonderful about just just plain old thinking. Because stream, one of one of these days we're stream of to- consciousness. True true thinking, true imaginative thinking. You are so filled with images and your words and adjectives and just your characterizations are so beautiful. And this is what creates that color, that light. It goes beyond light, it goes beyond gold, it goes into the realms of the positive full spectrum, not the negative. Thank you, my friend. I don't know why I'm doing this. I guess it's a Dalai Lama thing. Hello, Dalai. <laughs> Thomas Paine, thank you so much, my friend. Let's do it again. Thank you, Lionel. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you, sir.